Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Now, news came through this week that Ian Morris is set to leave Shells at the end of the season. Nathan, are you surprised by this? I was, yeah. I was surprised with uh, the timing of it as well. You know, this is it's a Shell side. I was just newly promoted. I was also surprised to see that it's actually been a mixed reaction. I thought a lot of Shelbourne fans would have been surprised uh, as I was with the outside looking in. And not only that, but just surprised to see that a man that's gotten promoted twice now uh, since the goal. But no, for a lot of the Shelbourne fans, you know, they're apparently worried about the style of play that comes with me more aside and, and how that will translate into the, the, the Premier Division, you know, as, as they're going to be playing now uh, during next season. So, yeah, outside looking in, I was a little bit surprised uh, to see it happen. But, you know, in fairness to Ian, uh, this will come from me now. This is me on personal opinion. I, uh, I really think he's a, good, he's, he's a good coach, you know. You listen to him on podcasts or interviews. And for someone that's uh, so young in the managerial game too, he's understanding and his philosophy on even things away from the pitch, like structure and leadership within a group and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy listening and talking on the aspect of coaching. And for me, it's, Ian is definitely someone that, you know, you, you probably won't see him out of a job for that much longer, especially if you're oversized, you know, like a Bray Wanderers or a Cork City down in the fourth division. And you look at Ian Morris's um, short but sweet record in terms of getting teams promoted. Yeah, you'd have to be looking at him, wouldn't you? Ah, yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it'll be very interesting to see where he does go from here. But, but there's been a few people talking about Damien Duff, who has been linked with the role. What would you make of that one, uh, Nathan? Yeah, it's just one that I, I would have never seen happen. Obviously, Damien's in there with the current, uh, I think, the under seventeen manager uh, with Shells at the minute. And, it, and Damien has even said in the past that he had never any intent or manage at League of Ireland level. That's, Never even seen himself going above an underage level at Shelbourne. So I wonder if this is a decision, and just me throwing a little thing out there, it's a decision that's going to be made within the club. Maybe they, they want to, to hire uh, inside rather than go externally and, and look elsewhere, you know. Uh, for me, obviously, you see Alan Reynolds as the current assistant manager, vast experience in the league, but I think he has a role now with the FBI, which will, will stop him from doing any sort of full time management. So, yeah, I, I think Duff would be a strange one. Um, I don't know what, what, what Shane's looking for, you know, with the style of play that mentioned by the fans, but the club themselves, you know, are, are they looking to bring somebody up on their underage system and promote them into the fourth team management? Um, for me, that would be the only reason why Damien Duff comes into this conversation, you know. Like I mentioned, Alan, but that's not going to happen with his other job. Um, me just being a little hack journalist down here in Sligo, the, uh, the, the the frustration around Liam Buckley is ever growing. So you know, Liam is he's still Sligo manager at the time of speaking. So we don't we don't want to be getting anybody sacked. But you know that the frustration is there. And for me, you know that's probably the route they should be going down. Um, if they want to make themselves a consistent presence in the Premier Division once again, instead of bringing someone like Damien Duff into that first uh, the first role, especially someone that has been pretty cool on the idea of uh, managing that League of Ireland level. 
Well, maybe these discussions have been had beforehand, Nathan, during the year since he's been here. And maybe this is something that they've been working towards. Maybe it is, because, you know, look, we've talked about stuff in the past, haven't we, you know, with, with his role at uh, Celtic, he was uh, heavily involved with Stephen Kenny as the system manager, and sort of chop and change, and he hasn't really seemed to settle in, in, in the place uh, for now. But away from everything that goes off, uh, goes on off the pitch, by all regards, and anyone you talk to, you know, he, he's highly respected as a coach, and really gets the grasp of the fundamentals, and really gets the better way out of, uh, out of the younger player, players, which going to be really important with you look at any league of Ireland side the emphasis on the on the, on the youth structure and bringing younger lads in and not having to look, to look elsewhere if you can make a factory of talent uh, in-house that, that can only be ideal but yeah I'm not sure what, what do you think about stuff Roy I'd actually like to get your take on it because I personally haven't seen it like am I missing something here well, I'm. I, listen, we. I don't think we've got to see him do anything, really, have we? So he's he's coaching. He's in in the background. He's doing his thing. Uh, I mean, he's probably a good coach. I've I've heard different things. Um, some positive, some not so positive. Listen, he needs to. If he's going to have a go at it, it's probably a good job for him to have a go at it. Um, if he's if he's doing it half heartedly, he's not going to last too long because you know Damien Duff. He kind of backs out yeah. of things uh, a little bit uh, quicker than than most. Um, so yeah, it it would be it would be interesting to see. I'd love to see him have a go of it. I'd love to see him do really really well. Um, but it's yeah, it's interesting. I, I hope he's taking it for the right reasons. Um, if he is taken, of course, we don't know that if it's the case because there is the likes of Vinnie Pert, whose name is being branded about, and of course with Dundalk, Nathan, the way Dundalk are at the moment with the club and news only just coming out now that uh, Peak Six look like they could have someone who is interested in buying the club. Yeah, the, the Vinnie Pert was the name that came out really straight away, wasn't it? Yeah, you look at anybody that's that's the name that was mentioned. Uh, you mentioned that the situation at Dundalk is becoming untenable. You know, because that's the league position and um, getting beaten in the FBI Cup semi final. Had to mention it, right? Had to mention it. It only took me about eight minutes. <laughs> um, so that was, you'd imagine that European football gone now for next season. Um, Vinny has been critical of the club uh, following that game. You know, the players that deserve more from the club. Um, yeah, you mentioned the peak six. That even, I think in peak six, I've seen somebody came out. Uh, it was Paul Lennon, uh, the journalist came out and said peaks its name, name the price of the club and everything of uh, two million. But yeah, look, the biggest news was coming, as you mentioned, probably just about 20 minutes or so before we jumped on here, which is nice timing, uh, with a, a consortium uh, has come together, a consortium that's linked with the ownership of Northern Irish club Glen Corwin and now favourites to take over uh, at Dundalk. That comes by uh, Danny MacDonald, ever reliable at the Irish Independence. Uh, I believe that Peak Six have interest from three uh, possible suitors, and the decision could even be made, uh, Roy, as early as next week. So definitely um, exciting and interesting time to have from Dundalk. Quick rundown, I suppose, of the three potential suitors. Uh, number one will be uh, Statsport. I think we even had a chat about them, Roy, a few weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. coming in as potentially owners. They're, uh, they've been brought together by a lot of uh, figures in Dundalk and you now in the local area. Uh, that even includes the former Dundalk owner, uh, Andy Connolly, Andy Connolly, Andy Connolly, yeah, there you go, got it out. Uh, second is Dermot Usher, who is a Dublin businessman. But Dermot also wants to invest uh, and walk alongside Peak Six. 
rather than take outright ownership and Dermot would just then he'd be more so operating and one of the operations of the other side of things. But now, yes, this Northern Ireland group uh, is in pole position to, to take over for Pete Six now. Uh, it's former Sunderland Chief Executive Mag Bourne, who is actually in Armour native herself. Uh, she's the one that's at the form of the connections for this being to possibly come together. Uh, but she won't be part of that consortium herself. She's just the link between the club and the consortium. But the one thing now that I found interesting was, and it's one thing I, I always, I think it was that you on and off these shows when you have an ordinary connection with this current uh, Dundalk outfit, is there has to be a link with Jimmy Gilson, isn't there? And that's, that's, I don't know, it's just me with my tinfoil hat again. That, that, that hat is getting dusted off every week at this stage. But uh, it turns out that Mag Bourne actually has a link with uh, with the sporting director, Jimmy Gilson, via um, the Sports of Sports group. And that group is a sport and management firm that Mag uh, herself actually created. So there's already links, so that's where you can see Mag's born. While she won't be involved in a good sort in herself, it's an absolutely vital to getting the links together with with the, the other figures in the group and obviously having that link with Jimmy Gilson, who is so highly involved with Dundalk at the moment. Stuff is questions, will Jimmy be there next season or not? But yeah, these, these are important links to have if this move was to go together. Yeah, I'm not sure that too many people would be looking for Jim Magilton to come back in, especially it seems he's been linked to uh, Peak Six as in he was manager or uh, whatever he was, every role that he had in the club. Um, I, I'm not sure they'd want to go back there. Um, just thinking about the, the Vinnie Parrott thing, let's just say Vinnie Parrott takes over at Shells um, or uh, maybe even... Don't mind that if he, if 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 a position becomes upper shells that maybe is a little bit more interesting. Uh, Mark Bertram has done an unbelievable job at Waterford yeah. this year, and um, it was an absolute disaster at the start of the season. Mike Newell and, and Kevin Sheedy and and the whole ownership, um, it just seems to be a complete disaster. Things have turned um, around altogether, and Mark Bertram would he be a, a top top candidate for manager of the year? Manager of the year, I thought you were gonna say man for Dundalk. I said no way, he wouldn't leave. Yeah, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say Dundalk as well. That was gonna follow that <laughs> yeah. one on, but then I said uh, manager of the year because uh, I'm thinking about all the managers there this year, and I'm not sure yeah. that anyone else has done as good a job as as Mark has done. I I think he has to. I think he'd be in the conversation. It's a shame that we didn't see him get to the FBI Cup final. If that won't really sway things uh, too much. But especially if Mark manages to get them um, playing Premier Division football next season, uh, yeah, for me, he, he has to get it. Uh, it would be a nice cherry on the cake, obviously, to get the cup final, but he's done an absolutely stunning job, hasn't he? So this is a Waterford side that he looked down and out. He looked like there was no no hope at all for him, you know. You, you look, yeah, that's Longford, Waterford, it's gone, it's going to be a pretty boring season, but all of a sudden, this Waterford side not only has life in it, but for me, if you're looking at, you know, Dundalk, Waterford and Finn Harps for that uh, ninth place position, I think Waterford are going to trade a favour to stay up. Yeah, well, the forms is there. It's 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 been, they've been brilliant, you know, even in that, um, the semi-final, they probably got a little bit left down, uh, let down, but, yeah, they've been brilliant so far and, uh, yeah, Finn Harps, Dundalk, They've been they've been dropping points here and there, and Waterford have made a lot of uh, I suppose gained a lot of points on the on the both of them. Um, yeah, momentum, and I mean a great win the other night as well, Nathan. 
Yeah, like what they just said, uh, four league games now without defeat, which is absolutely brilliant. And getting over the hump of the disappointment of the uh, the FBI Cup semi final in Denver Park. He went back to Denver Park on Monday night then and picked up all three points uh, against Bowles. So, yeah, it's brilliant for them, you know. And even in recent weeks, you know, they picked up a crack and tall one win against Finn Harps, a win against a jot of the side that's sitting at mid table. So, yeah, these are these are vital games, especially the Harps game, you're picking up points. and I tell you what, the next game, but they're actually playing Dundalk away in Oriel Park, that would be an absolute cracker, won't it? That would, that would really uh, decide who's going to be in and around that new position because they're running out of games. <laughs> we really, really are, you know, it's, it's getting nervy for the, for the sides down there. And you, while it still seems crazy, they look at the, you know, the coaches that Dundalk have at the moment and they, they still have a, a lot of talent in the squad at the minute, you know, but to see them being mentioned in the relegation dogs for you, it's mad to say, but. He dropped points against the likes of Waterford in, in the final stretch. Who knows? Who knows? Because at least if you look, you look at Waterford, and you, you mentioned uh, Mark Burton, you look at Finn Hart, we'll always mention Ollie Horgan. You'd imagine that, you know, the players are one of one two walls for those two lads individually, for those two managers, you know. But you feel that's just not the case at Dundalk when it comes to Vinnie Pearce. So, and these are things, these are very basic things that people talk about all the time, but it really does matter when you're, when you're coming down to the nitty gritty of the last four or five games. Yep, totally agreed. And with Waterford away to Dundalk this weekend, it's going to be a very, very interesting weekend. And of course, it's a, for the Premier Division, it's a, a, a double game. Uh, two games in three days uh, for the Premier Division teams and Waterford playing Derry while Dundalk aren't playing I think they've played a game extra isn't that right uh, Nathan yeah yeah they're not down for Monday night they've, they've only the, the one game against Waterford uh, this coming weekend ok right it'll be an interesting weekend uh, by next Tuesday we'll know a hell of a lot more about that relegation battle ok we now know it'll be an all Dublin FAI Cup final Nathan First of all, you've obviously enjoyed this. Uh, it's been a, an interesting weekend in, the, in those games. Uh, reflect back on the semi-finals quickly, and then look forward to the final. Quickly, Jesus! <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going. I thought you were going to dedicate this show and let me just talk about the final, yeah, the semi-final game. Now, look, obviously, anyone that listens to the show for even two minutes would pick up that pass fan. Especially the, the poor souls that have been watching the show consistently. Uh, I try not to be biased, but look, it, it, yeah, it was, it was great. You know, obviously, I, I was down at the past game um, on, on, on Friday, and even away, it looked it felt normal being down there. There was a four or five thousand fans were in Richmond Park on the night. Uh, atmosphere was obviously electric. Um, got one, they looked brilliant. Uh, Billy King goal in 27 minutes. Then Pat Hoban grabbed one back to make a one all. Um, just, just before the, the, the half-time whistle and I think me being a bit of a pessimistic Pats fan you know you always saw expecting the worst aren't you um, but now Pats came out in the second half and the counter-attack was there constantly and, and that's just to, to make it quick that's what really killed them off that's what killed them off in the second half you know they go up by Matty Smith and Dara Bourne and both of them are pretty, pretty similar if you look great balls true uh, got the lads one on one to keeper and Matty Smith's finish was absolutely cracking goal if you look at it from where I was standing it looked like he shanked it uh, but Darrell Bournes uh, five minutes ago the cool and the calmness that that lad had for 19 years of age absolutely great uh, finish by him 
and he he was a superstar and like he he, he was a game changer for me and like, the best player in the park. So yeah, without banting on and I, I, I get making this into a big uh, patch move in. Great to be there. Uh, looking forward to the final Sunday, twenty eighth of November at the Aviva Stadium. Obviously, we have more information. We'll bring it out in terms of, of ticketing because yeah, it'd be great to get a great uh, a massive crowd there, wouldn't it? After everything that, that we've all gone through in, in the past uh, eighteen months or so. And I feel that the, there will be a big crowd, Nathan, as you said, off the back of COVID, the, the crowds have increased. The people are enjoying getting out and watching football. And for an FAA Cup final at the Aviva, I can only see uh, a lot of football fans wanting to get out to that just to be part of the occasion. If you were to show a figure on a right, what, what would you reckon in terms of attendance? If you were to throw even just a, a ballpark figure, what, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to go 35,000. Yeah, because I'd be interested to see would could be able to, uh, to beat the, the record. No, the Aviva Stadium final record yeah. uh, in 2010. Uh, Slug of Overs, Richard Shamrock Overs, uh, 36,101. I think he can push it. I really do. I think with the year that's at the being, uh, obviously the Aviva Stadium being in Dublin, an all Dublin final, um, Always a famous club, you know, they're, they're a, a, a club that's known for a fantastic uh, fan base in terms of numbers. We've seen the, the tickets are like gold or stored in European run in the Aviva Stadium over the summer. Um, passed well, travelled well, especially in these bigger games. Yeah, for me, I, I'd like to push that number. I've heard people showing that, you know, once the mark in the sun, you know, could we wait the, the, the 40,000 mark? Not for me, because um, the market won't be done right. You just know that. It's just being realistic. But, yeah, for me, to be able to, to get up to that uh, Aviva Stadium record, it'd be absolutely brilliant after everything. Yeah, and one thing you might see, you might see at the Aviva is a few flares uh, being thrown around the pitch. The, the Bows uh, fans like to have a, a few flares, but Dundalk have come out today and... I suppose they've put a little warning out there to the fans that there'll be lifetime bans for any fans with the pyrotechnics. Nathan, what do you make of this one? I, I actually, no, I think it's one of these that's been blown out of the water. Um, I've seen these, you know, warnings at the uh, coming out. I think most clubs really push them out, don't they? When there's a big pyrotechnics display uh, after certain games. I know that everybody's cup of tea. I do understand that. Um, you know, especially if you're sort of, you know, an older vintage or even for younger fans. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's sort of, you know, you wouldn't see many families or things like that get involved uh, with pyrotechnics. And I do understand the risk. I understand the, the danger of them. And the, 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 when they go wrong, they can't be absolutely horrific and they can lead to life changing injuries. But, yeah, once they're done in, in a controlled manner, a controlled environment, it's, it's just it's one reason how they can, you know, they can add to it an atmosphere, they can add to an experience, especially now when they're coming into these uh, major cup final games. I don't know, am I being a little bit, you know, 25, that's the reason I go to the games, is to enjoy that sort of atmosphere. Um, it's my cup of tea, I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea, but yeah, lifetime bands, um, bit of a strange one, and I know it's probably ran off different accounts, but I've seen that uh, statement up on Facebook, and I think it was the Dundalk Instagram page, I might be wrong. Um, like I need to put up a picture of, of, of the shed end in Oriel Park with players coming out, you know, just sort of 
and he had like, like firework emojis coming out of it. So, yeah, pretty uh, counteractive there by the Elgin Dog social media team. But, yeah, that's just poker fun. I know it's not the same people doing these statements. But, yeah, I don't know, Roy. What do you think about, about the outfares of the game? Because... Well, the flares definitely do add to the atmosphere. There's no doubt about that. But I wouldn't be in agreement that it's fine to throw them onto the pitch. I don't get. I don't get why they need to throw them no, onto no, the pitch. No, no, it, it, no, all it does no, is no, stop no. a game, or you're going to hit the goalkeeper in the back of the head, or injure someone. You know, I just don't get it. So I do. I, I listen. I I don't think I'd like to be around them if I was with my young son or anything like that I don't think I'd like them being around I, I wouldn't trust others with them around them so yeah I I, I like them and I don't like them at the, the very same time um, but it certainly does add to the atmosphere so I would say yeah if you throw them onto the pitch maybe don't throw them onto the pitch because you're going to get a lifetime ban um, but having them at all I do I do I like them I, li- I think there's a good atmosphere generated by them you know there's a bit of a party feeling and God knows that's what the the league needs, you know, a little bit of that party feeling where people can go and haven't enjoyed themselves. So uh, maybe something can be worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, just to clarify, yeah, we never condone fucking idiots throwing them on the pitch, you know, that, that's where major accidents can happen. But uh, yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask, you know, if you, if you were to go down with the games, if you go down with, uh, with, with young son and things like that. So it really is, isn't it? It's just, it, it's, it's down that you obviously wouldn't want your lad around them because it's, it's just in others, isn't it? And it, it, it's why I said that while it's done right in controlled areas, let's be realistic, nine times out of ten, I leave them on the ground. That's probably the last thing what they are is controlled areas, especially in, in, the, in the smaller, high ground. Yep, well, let's uh, let's see how that develops because uh, that'll be an interesting one to just to see if the rest of the clubs actually start to, to follow that or uh, they kind of dismiss it themselves. So that'll be an interesting one, especially the Bows love it. The Bows fans love it and it does create a great atmosphere down there. And it'd be just interesting to see if uh, if there's an acknowledgement from Bows or do they just carry on and, and, and let their fans do it. Um, again, as I said, I, I, I like them, um, but as long as it's uh, in, a, in a proper manner. Okay, the Republic of Ireland's World Cup qualifier against Portugal next month is a complete sellout with the Aviva Stadium set to host over 51,000 soccer fans. I hate soccer fans. I hate that. Why do they call it soccer? Why do they call it soccer? It's football. Football, Yeah, look at me. Football is football, dad, dad. That's it. Close the discussion. Don't at me. Uh, for the, for the first time in two years, I mean, ga football in, in Gaelic is ga. That's it, ga and hurling. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Anyway, yeah. um, Nathan, there's a bit of a problem though with the tickets, uh, and uh, tickets went on sale, sold out, and as soon as they're sold out on partner sites, they're quadruple or or five times more in price. Uh, you can purchase a lot of these tickets and these. Uh, this was legally done and now, today, it's illegal as the government and the FAI asked for it to be stamped out and under uh, un- under a law that's there that you, I think that anyone who wants their tickets not to be sold have to go and ask. It's, it's a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous uh, law that they've brought in that you have to ask for yours to be part of the law. 
Um, I, I'm not sure. So basically what the government are saying, listen, if, if you're feel a bit unsteady about ripping your, uh, you know, your, your fans, your supporters, uh, the, the general public off, well, just let us know and, and we'll just put a stop to it if you're uncomfortable with it. That's what it seems to me. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to help me out with this one. I, I've seen it going on. I've seen the, the, the upset by a lot of Republic of Ireland fans, especially fans that go to games consistently. I am not one of them. I've said it before. Um, I rarely go down, go to an actual an Ireland game itself. Just not really what I'm into. Um, but yeah, I, I've definitely seen this. The, 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 the outcry of frustration by, you know, fat links are fans that go to these games on a consistent basis, they're struggling to get tickets, uh, whether they be for themselves or for, for younger members of their family that they, they can go with them. Uh, so you also going to have an effect when they come here playing like the Portugal that I, I do hate to hear bandwagon, but they're going to have bandwagon fans jumping on just with the, with the Ronaldo effect, even though I don't know Ronaldo will be playing. I think he's, is he serving a suspension or something like that, Ronaldo international suspension? I could be wrong. Could be making that one up. Um, I think it yeah, might be. Then I think I might be. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I could be mix, mix, mixing that up with something else. Um, well, I hope not. <laughs> I'm only for the sake of these tickets. And I'm sure uh, the life of Ronaldo is, is a major selling point. But yeah, I can understand the, uh, the frustration, especially when people do go on a consistent basis. And what uh, again, help us out here. But it seems I, I think I remember seeing somewhere. Um, what was with, with the pre-sale even of the tickets that was absolutely mental wasn't it the, the pre-sale literally sold out the, the capacity alone yeah it's I don't like the way it's done to tell you the truth I don't you know what I would love for it to be brought back to a point where you had to actually go down to a, a local uh, shop queue up and get your tickets that would prove the point that you actually did want the tickets this yeah. this online thing where you go online and you're waiting 20 minutes just to get into the queue and then you know all the tickets are nearly sold out beforehand and a pre-sale and uh, it's a lot of shite really I, I'd rather it went back the other way and then if you really wanted the tickets get up off your arse and go and get the tickets so uh, but that's not going to happen um, but this thing about the, the, the third party websites I mean again it's it's it drives me mad. I can't. I can't. Like you, if you, it's not even just the football. It's tickets. You want to go and see any sort of musician. If you're looking to go and see Daft Punk or something, and your tickets are sold out, and then you, then it, it invites you to go to another website, and they'll sell it for four or five times dearer than that. And and if you want it, there it is. It, it was all legal. Now it's it's still legal if you, but the people who are organising the event have to put in that they don't want it to be sold along those lines. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, this country is like, it's it, the country is a major ripoff. Uh, we know that. We know that the politicians in this country have let the country turn into, well, it's ripoff Ireland. Everyone, uh, everyone agrees on that one, whether it comes to, you know, houses, uh, just living standards uh, you, you know it's just it's just, everything is just ridiculous yeah you have your electric this turned into a, a, a rant now you have your electricity <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. going up like tw- twice nearly every year the, the price of electricity they're allowing everything go up in price uh, they're allowing people steal whatever they want off you uh, and you can't do anything else because there's no competition out there and it's the exact same with this situation here where they have uh, very little competition and they can rip you off if they want and if the other party like the FAI want to join in and be part of it then uh, 
then yeah you can rip them off all you want thankfully thankfully the FAI have decided no we're not happy with this and uh, we want to make sure that they, these tickets can't be sold and uh, that's a good thing from the FAI so I'm, uh, I'm I'm entirely and truthfully happy that they have decided to make that decision but yeah it, this this shouldn't be a thing where you need to request like Shamrock Rover shouldn't have to request that their tickets don't get sold uh, you know touted out uh, legally or, or illegally they uh, should be face value all the time there's, there's nothing else that's that's the way it should be so um yeah anyhow that's that's the little rant that was starting to get away from me there but uh, we we leave it at that one there and uh, Nathan uh, Mick McCarthy has lost his job at Cardiff uh, went so well when he joined uh, at the start of this season hasn't gone so well at all um, it'd be interesting on, on a couple of levels because um, Chris Uton is out of a job and yeah. the way this managerial merry-go-round goes, uh, he could very easily jump into Mick's shoes. He could, yeah. Just pose a bit of a background on, on, on Mick there at Cardiff. Uh, that was announced on Saturday following uh, Cardiff's 2-0 home defeat to uh, Middlesbrough, which actually was, there was that eight straight um, in the league, which was club record, eight straight defeats. Uh, yeah, he, he arrived from Applewell, which we all remember in January. Still in the house, though, there was a couple Jack Jacks for that one. Mick McCarthy being one of the leading factors, and he pisses off for three weeks later. Um, but yeah, like you said, this season, and overall, I suppose, um, like he, he came in, uh, we got them to eight position after coming in in January uh, of this year. He got a two year deal back in March, you know, the promise of real potential uh, promotion. Or even a push for the for the playoffs and um, being on the card for this year. Start of the season, you know, he was unbeaten in his opening four games. Everything looked a little bit rosy, but yeah, it's just been an absolute disaster run at the minute. Uh, Cardiff now twenty fourth uh, in the league, with just two points off the drop zone. But yeah, look, why we're not uh, an English football podcast? It, it, it's important, but you know, the likes of Mr. Carty and, and Chris Hewitt with their Irish connections. Like you said, Chris over job uh, left not uh, not in the forest. I mean, they're not county, Jesus. That would have frustrated a certain <laughs> section of football fans there, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, left uh, Nottingham Forest uh, in September, just after one point from that open seven games. Yeah, Chris is, is the name there that's, that's been in the Cardiff City. Um, well, Cardiff had massive aspirations um, by all accounts of, of pushing for the promotion or pushing for the playoffs uh, this year. The situation I'm in now, you know, it's, I'm sure it's, well, things can change around and it's, it's the championship's not the mental league as well. Uh, that must seem like light years away at the moment. Personally, you know, I, I've seen the names like, you know, Neil Lennon, Chris Wilde, that was probably the, the best name from the bunch that, that I witnessed. Um, obviously, you have to hope that they own up in some time to get the money into the pocket and give them time to, to recruit the players that they want to recruit. But yeah, Chris Hilton's a uh, name that, that has popped up, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, do you think Nathan do you think Mick McCarthy is on his way out of football management he's had a couple of jobs now where things seem to be starting to slip away from him uh, Cardiff would have been a great one to step him back up the the ladder and to be I suppose relevant when it comes towards the higher end of the championship and going into prem, the Premier League again uh, can you see this slipping away from him I still think there's a few years left there. I still do. I think he'd be part of that, yeah. Um, probably lack of a better term. That was cycle bunch. You know, the story that you know, we go 
in the round, the championship, I might even go up to Scotland or something like that. He's, Tom's, him and Chris are probably in a similar vein, aren't they? You know, the way they've been somewhat successful, they've um, managed in the, in the, the Premier League, uh, especially Chris, you know, people always talk about calling up Newcastle and what his unfair treatment there, how much of a decent job he's done after working at Hove Albion. But yeah, you know, Nick would, would have experience that that's top tier as well. But I don't think it's the end of the line for him just yet. I still think we'll see him pop up in, in, in another role. Yeah, but the more that I think of it, uh, and even earlier, uh, looking at Nick McCarthy, maybe Scotland probably wouldn't be the worst, um, the worst place for him to go when a, a position opens up here, uh, up in the SPL. He can still offer a little bit of Nick, you know, with, with that experience that he has. But I, even so, yeah, both, both Nick and Chris, with the style of play that, that they bring, I know it's not, not, not the most attractive to watch. And it doesn't mean really to gel together with the Nathan, style of modern football. Nathan, but, you're, 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 yeah. you're struggling to convince yourself there, I think. You're, you're standing up to Scotland no, and everything. I think, I, 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 yeah, no, I think Scotland would play far now. Uh, I'm sure some Scottish fans like to say, St. Johnson fans or something. Own fancy, but yeah, that isn't that. For me, it was, it was the ticket destination because I just don't think that's the end of end of the line for him just yet. Okay, okay. Um, night tonight, Nathan, the League of Ireland under nineteen national final has taken place. What do we know about it? We do, we do, and it's um, he's doing what we do. We want to happen, right? It's gone to extra time. <laughs> yeah, got gone to extra time now. Yeah, the uh, very good followers uh, playing this evening uh, up in the Bandywell. Uh, it's on, on LOI TV. I just have it on here in the background. Uh, just che- no checking back and forward as the game was going on. Nil, all of a sudden, I thought we'd have a, a, a full time answer uh, to give here on the show, but uh, unfortunately not. But yeah, it's the EA Sports Cup under nineteen National League of Ireland and the McGill Cup. So that name just roll off the tip of your tongue, right? It really does. And um, like I said, Derry and Bowers, like it looks like even looking at the teams, you know, Derry at the likes of uh, Quaylon, uh, McLaughlin, Patrick Ferry, Michael Harris, and Evan McLaughlin on the bench, all lads that we've seen in and around the fourth game. Uh, Bowers, like Aaron Doran, Robbie Matten, who we haven't seen much of, but we would have seen him playing against the likes of Manute University Town in the FBI Cup. Um, but yeah, we're currently still here now uh, into the fourth half of extra time, nil on that game. So if we have an update at the end of the show, I'm sure you get on it straight away. Okay, excellent. Nathan, fans question. We do have a fan question, yeah. Uh, this was sent in by Dave Eccles. So nice and Dave, we appreciate it. Um, if you want a fan question to come on, let us know. Reach out to the big kickoff on social media. Reach out to yourself, Nathan Boyle on social media. Uh, we just love having them on because we always enjoy this question. Uh, so yeah, on to Dave this week. And Dave says, what's the one thing, uh, sorry, what one thing would you remove from football if you could? And he gave this way a little caveat and said, uh, sorry lads, it's not a very original question. I've just seen it on the Super 6 Twitter account. So notion Dave, I out myself because I thought <laughs> I was going to ask the question. <laughs> okay, uh, Nate, I'm going to let you start off on this one. Yeah, so I wanted to get away from the basicism, you know. Obviously, we were all going to, and rightfully, we were all saying, you know, like racism and homophobia, and, and while I'm not putting it in the same category, so even, we're all going to go to those sort of things. Um, and that's where my brain went off straight away. But then I started thinking of stupid things that really broke the life out of me. And while it's a long list, I'm going to start off with half and half scarves. 
those teams can get in the <laughs> bin. I absolutely despise the footballs. Like, I'm walking down to the FA Cup final, 28th November, and someone selling a scarf with, with a Pat's crest and a Bowes crest on the same material. If, if, if someone had me for free, I wouldn't take the fucking thing. I'm not the, sure they made sense, yeah. Nathan, anywhere in the world. Like no, for any no, not no, any no, rivalry, no. any any sort of very gentle rivalry, if you want to call it that. There's not. There's. I don't. I can't think of why anyone would want to put on. You know, even a St. No. Pat's Galway. You know, scarf. I don't, I don't get it. No, not one bit. I do not understand it. And yeah, me saying of the past old connection that that Dublin team, but yeah. I wouldn't even want no Pat's Finn Harps, Pat's Sligo, Pat's whoever. It's just, it's something that I wouldn't have. I, do you know what? I will out myself. I have worn what the reason behind it. What? And even a hand, yeah, but now listen, I, I, it's okay. Oh, here we it's go, okay. here we go. Here's the it's shovel okay. he's digging. It's okay, yes. Uh, and even handing over, it, 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 the, the five or five the time killed me. But it, it, it's a neutral thing. It is, it's, not, it's not a club I have an affiliation to. I've talked, we've, we've talked about this on the, on the past about it. Uh, you know, like small uh, amateur teams playing in FBO Cup games. I know you mentioned uh, Glenville uh, in, in Parmesan, the club that I have an affiliation with. Just there. Uh, we dad he has friends of his that are playing, coach there. So, uh, yeah, Glenville played uh, Limerick in an FBO Cup game. Uh, it would be a good while ago now. I guess probably 2014, 15, around that ballpark anyway. So, yeah, to commemorate today, um, they were selling off little scarves picked one up just because one of the dad made selling it out to the, the local producer and he was selling other bits but it was nothing else at all that you know I would have been interested in but you know it's a fucking teddy or something with a Glenville crest on it and I was a very cool and hip teenager well obviously not that fucking cool and hip I bought a half and half scarf but I, was, I thought I was a cool and hip teenager at the time and yeah so that's me one and only experience uh, getting a half and half scarf uh, and still actually it, I think it's, it's still in my possession somewhere on this day, but yeah, you never catch me doing it with you know past or anything like that. It was a one and done. I made a mistake. Won't happen again. Have and half scarves. Get the mouthful for please. I'm in uh, total agreement, Nathan. I'm not sure how. Like there's, uh, must be an awful lot of saps out there, is there? Because they, even, they even, there's obviously a little even, bit of a market there for it. Oh, people are buying them. Yeah, geez, you go to Old Trafford, especially you go to Anfield. Like you can keep them on the stalks, but I was about to say that even colours, even again, it's gone back to past because it's most just personal to me. It, you know, someone suddenly, like, you know, a Pat's Rovers game, and it was just like a, a, a red and white striped scarf on one side and a, uh, a green and white scarf uh, striped on the other side. I still didn't buy it. It's just, it's just big no no, except for the one, little caveat there. No, I just will say no more about it. But yeah, absolutely hate them. But there is a market for them. I've seen it. Okay, I'm going to. Um, well, I have one, and uh, it's popped its head recently. And underage football, this would be my big gripe. It would be um, players, bangers, I suppose, uh, players who are older than they uh, playing in a league that they shouldn't be in. And we had it at the weekend um, against, uh, was it last weekend? Last weekend, yeah. It was against Finglish United, actually. And uh, we were told that uh, the player uh, 
uh, by the referee, by the way, that the player who was over there was uh, a banger and uh, he was probably a year or two years older than uh, what he should be able to do. Now, the thing is, referee can't do that and he can't say it and you have to put a protest in, you put a protest in, you have to be able to prove it. Um, and if they have him under the name of a player that's already there, well then, it's there's nothing you can do about it. So uh, that it really that just that it, it really just irritates me. Sorry, I'm getting all uh, annoyed already at. It. Oh, I got flushed out every day. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, there's a simple solution to it, and it's just bring in ID cards for underage football. And I don't understand why they haven't done it. I I do know that with the girls league, the MGL. They have brought it in. I think over 35 leagues, they have brought it in. But the schoolboy leagues, uh, I know in, in Dublin, the DDSL, I'm not sure if it's anywhere else. I don't think it is either. They don't have it. And I don't. I just don't get why they don't have uh, an ID card. And you have to have your ID card before the game. There it is. There's my face. There's my, uh, it's been signed off by the league. There's my date of birth. This is who I play for, whatever it is, Luke United, Bingless, uh, you know, Ballymun, whoever it is that you, you play for, there you are, that's my card. Everything's uh, kosher, there's no one messing. And teams obviously playing their their top team players down against a, a D team or, oh God, that drives me nuts as well. So, I mean, that, that should be stopped as well. So you bring in ID cards, yeah. you only play in that top division and that's it. So I, I just don't, that really irritates me that people feel the need to cheat and uh, yeah, so that, that that's definitely my one that I'd love to see disappear. The problem is, is that there's a solution there and they're not using it. So um, who am I having to go with here? Well, probably a few people. Yeah, no, here, here. I, I fully agree with that one. Um, and like I said, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? It's so easily done. Uh, just implement it in, in the registration process before the start of the season, even get a, a licensing officer, even within clubs, I mean, like the DDSL, these government bodies and, just get sorted out. Um, so the lad, the, the lad that came for things, like, was he a notice to a banner? Like, was it fucking Romelu Lukaku walking up the pitch? Or is, is it, was it, could you tell? Like, yeah, I mean, we, we, everyone had com- commented on, on him um, on yeah. the side of the pitch. Like, he, listen, it wasn't that, that he was just a big lad, it was that he was so well developed. You, you, you understand, there's some yeah. people who are just yeah. uh, big you know, at their age, and that's fine. You, you totally understand that. But there's the different people who move and uh, in a different way, you know, in a more developed way. But also people who are physically built in a developed way. You just know, you know, these these uh, kids are not the age that they should be at. You pick them out a mile away, and well, you know, this is this is this is what happens. You know, and the thing is that, that they didn't need they didn't need them. You know, they're they're a good enough side. Yeah. They didn't need them. So, um. Yeah, the I I don't get it. I just don't get it at all. Uh, what, what. Yeah. Now, listen, that's not having a, a go uh, uh, one club or anything like that. This is happening all the way through the leagues, all the way through schoolboy football leagues. Um, so this is my example for what should be stopped. And again, ID cards need to be brought in. So. 
that's my thing that I want to get rid of. Listen, uh, enjoy your football over the weekend. There's a, a huge fixture list, uh, both in the Premier and in the First Division. And things are just about to start hotting up as we have the relegation fight, but also the promotion playoffs in the First Division going to be coming up soon. And of course, it's not that far away, as Nathan said, for the FAI Cup Final, which uh, we're all really looking forward to. Uh, Thanks very much everyone else out there is listening. Uh, any questions, uh, anything you think we should get involved in or maybe you want to get involved at the big kickoff, do get on to us and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much.